Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to Pro Football Network's premier fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, BJ Rudell. With me as always, PFN fantasy analyst Jason Katz, better known as Katz. As always, you can find us at profootballnetwork.com slash the fantasy tab or any other tab that interests you today. We're going to talk about on Monday, March 21st, some uh, breaking news involving quarterbacks today. Uh, James Winston, Matt Ryan, Marcus Mariota, uh, and perhaps some other uh, goodies. We're going to start cats with James Winston re-signing with the saints. I, I I've always been uh, maybe always is a strong word. Uh, I thought James Winston deserved better in 2019. Um, uh, and he, he's definitely a better quarterback than the 30 plus interceptions he had that year. Um, and in fact, if you had paired him with all the guys, Tom Brady had, uh, this last year, I think Winston, uh, could have done almost as well. Um, because the fact is Winston almost did as well, um, without having Rob Gronkowski and a great running game or even a good running game and without having, um, Antonio Brown for much of a season. So I'll throw it to you, Katz. What do you think of Jameis Winston? Michael Thomas coming back. Uh, is Winston now on the top 16 radar in your mind? The, the path of Jameis Winston is an interesting one. From a real-life perspective, I was never really a fan of him. I mean, obviously, he is an NFL-caliber quarterback, and I've always viewed him as more of a low-end starter, high-end backup. So when he was benched and started the whole thing in 2019 with him and Brian Fitzpatrick, where they each got benched, like it felt like four different times. And then he didn't get a job in 2020. It, it, it made sense to me. I felt that's what he was destined for. But I also think he deserves this chance to get another starting job. And, and again, I, I'm not a huge fan of Jameis Winston as a player, but we have seen him be prolific in fantasy before, especially that final year in Tampa, even though the 30 interceptions is what ultimately got him benched and got and cost him the ability to start the following season. He did lead the NFL in passing yards with over five, over 5,100 and he threw 33 touchdowns, but in new Orleans last season, they completely pulled in the reins on him. And I'm concerned that they're going to do that again because they know that Jameis Winston, the prolific fantasy quarterback cannot be Jameis Winston. The guy who can win football games for an NFL team. You kind of got to pick one or the other. And the quarterback we saw last season, he could win football games. He went four and two before he got hurt. He credited with a fifth win, but he got hurt in that game. 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. He was very effective, but he was only averaging. Uh, well, he threw for, a, he threw for uh, 1,170 passing yards. He was averaging 167 yards per game. That is just a really low number. So I'm not sure how that's going to play this year, but getting Michael Thomas back will certainly help. 
Yeah, and I'm wondering, you know, the Saints are, are in a pretty good spot to draft a great receiver uh, or a good receiver uh, uh, in, the, in the NFL draft this year. They definitely need an upgrade. Uh, Deontay Hardy, formerly Harris, uh, you know, Marquez Callaway, and so on. It is a, it's, it's tough sailing. I mean, Callaway was the best of the bunch, arguably, going into last season while Mike, Michael Thomas was sitting. And then Michael Thomas being out for the year, Callaway eventually stepped up as the number one. But that was arguably the worst, if not one of the worst, uh, receiving cores in the league. And uh, it's hard to see uh, how, uh, with Michael Thomas in the fold, how Winston can do any worse. And that's why I'm kind of bullish on Winston, actually. He'll probably be ranked somewhere in the low 20s in ADP, I'm guessing, maybe 22, 23, 24 in that range. And I think he's going to be a steal in uh, two QB drafts. Uh, I think he's going to be one of those guys who's pretty reliable, 16-plus points a game. Um, and you know when you're getting 16-plus points, uh, you're not that far off from 20. And when you hit 20, you know, you're know you a weekly starter. So I think he's right on the cusp of being a streamer in that role. And so much of it seems to come down to whether Michael Thomas returns as some semblance of the Michael Thomas of 2019. Uh, or if Thomas returns as more of what we saw when Taysom Hill was thrown to him, uh, which was uh, a little bit more uh, hit or miss uh, in terms of what we could see out of Michael Thomas going into the season. Do you have some thoughts on Thomas as it relates to Jameis Winston? Do you think Michael Thomas can come back and be a comfortable thousand yard, a touchdown guy? It, it depends. It's It's tough because Michael Thomas now, I believe he's 29 years old. Uh, he didn't play football for all of last season. And when we last saw him in 2020, he wasn't particularly effective. He wasn't his usual self. This is somebody whose career low in receiving yards per game was 75.8 his rookie year. In 2019, he averaged 107.8 receiving yards per game. In 2020, just 62.6. Didn't score a touchdown that yeah. season. And again, a lot changes in the NFL in just one year. It has now been two years where Michael Thomas essentially didn't really play football because he was just, he was constantly hurt in that 2020 season. Uh, and and now he has Jameis Winston. And that's a new thing for him because that wasn't the case in uh, for, for much of his career. I know he had a little bit of uh, Winston in 2020, I think, or maybe that was Teddy Bridgewater. My, the, my mind slips a little bit on that. Uh, but but in, in 2022 now, it's going to be all Jameis. We know that he's coming off a torn ACL. So I'm just, I, I'm concerned that Michael Thomas might be pulled back in by the same type of coaching that ke that keeps Jameis away from being that 5,000-yard passer again. And we could be looking at more yeah. of a low wide receiver two type season for Michael Thomas as opposed to the guy who was a locked-in wide receiver one for so many years. One other thing to think about with uh, Jameis Winston and his potential uh, is Alvin Kamara. <clears throat> He's going to be 27 uh, by the time the season starts. He's coming off a season when, I mean, I traded him this past season after week one because I didn't like what I saw. I didn't like the offense. Um, I saw the defense uh, basically boxing him in, and I did not feel that he was going to be the same explosive um, offensive contributor. He he did have a very strong second half of the season um, and he put together terrific numbers, but uh, he averaged uh, about a yard per carry less than his uh, career average. 
Um, he had more touches uh, than he's ever had in his career. Um, this is not a guy, I don't think, who, who is built to be a, a yearly bell cow. And every year it gets a little bit harder for him to increase his usage as his efficiency goes down. And I'm wondering if uh, the Saints do basically work him less in the running game when he had you know, career-high 240 rushing attempts last year. They use him more in the passing game and uh, basically take some pressure off Kamara. That could actually help Winston. Uh, because so much of the value of being a Saints quarterback in recent years, and Drew Brees was a major beneficiary of it and a major reason why it happened. So we don't want to discount the brilliance of Drew Brees, but having Michael Thomas and having, having Alvin Kamara, having a, a running back who can catch 80 balls a season, you know, you, we can't underestimate just how important that is. And last season we saw Kamara catch only 47 balls if he can get back up to that 70, 80 level as a receiver, I think that's a difference making shift for someone like Winston, who really can benefit from having a running game that historically has not had that reliable running game. It was unfortunate that he got a lot of Kamara's worst games last year uh, while before he got hurt. And then Kamara stepped up after Winston got hurt. Any last thoughts on that? Cats, am I being too, uh, um, and from your mind, um, uh, off target with Kamara and what we might see out of him. I'm a little worried about Alvin Kamara. Uh, last year was a bit of a down year coming off the previous year where he finished as the overall RB1. He's going to be 27 years old now. That's obviously not necessarily old, but we know the age apex for running backs is about 25. So after that, you start to see it's a little bit of a decline for most backs. And we saw that last season with Kamara. He was a little banged up, but when he played, it was really a lot of boom or bust. Um, looking at his game log, he gave us uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight RB1 weeks. But he also had four that were outside the top 24. And he had yeah. a couple that were outside the top 30. And and that's that's not what we've come to expect from Kamara, especially in 2020 when he was just so consistent. I mean, I mean, in 2020, until through he didn't have his he didn't have his first game finishing less than an RB one until week 10, and he had two down weeks, and he was an RB one for pretty much the rest of the season, except for except for one week where he still had 18 fantasy points. He, he was just so locked in, and that's what we come to expect from these elite RB ones on a different Saints offense now that has Jameis Winston at quarterback and this new version of Jameis Winston, Kamara might be more of a low-end RB1 as opposed to the elite fantasy asset he was for the early part of his career. And just to put a button on that, Kamara, uh, the difference between 2020 and 2021, he had about a half a yard less yards before first contact with defense. I mean, defenses were stacking him. And then he also averaged few uh, uh about 0.7 fewer yards after contact he was not as effective after that first contact so if he uh, i think for the saints to 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 maybe not thrive but to compete in 2022 uh, we'll see how good they are with winston at quarterback i think they need to use camara more as a receiver than they did last year less as a running back and that should help um, I believe Winston. One other thing uh, before we shift to Matt Ryan, Katz, if you'll humor me here, I just want to, I, I had written this in an article recently about Winston and I wanted to get it down. 
that Winston was number one back in 2019 with the Bucks when he threw 30 interceptions and then effectively lost his job the following season. He was number one in the league in passing yards before the catch. So he wasn't benefiting from just guys breaking loose. It was, it was deep, a lot of deep throws. His number three and number four targets were Brashard Perriman and Cameron Brait. And the running game for the Bucks was the third worst in the league in yards per carry. So we look at almost the equivalent of, of it's apples and oranges, but a, a Tua Tagovailoa situation of a terrible running game, not very good tertiary receivers. Um, but imagine Tua being number one in passing yards before the catch and throwing for over 5,000 yards. Again, not apples to apples, but it's incredible that Winston did what he did um, with, frankly, two amazing receivers, but he had no other help. And with Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, I think 4,000 yards is possible, very possible. And I'll put it this way. I think it's better than 50-50 as long as Thomas and Kamara play at least you know, 13, 14 games. As long as they're basically healthy and active, um, I think we're going to see a top 16 Winston. I'm going to give you the first word, Cats, on Matt Ryan uh, going to the Colts. Uh, this is the uh, fourth quarterback they're experimenting with since Andrew Luck shockingly retired. Um, and, uh, and so now we have a, a basically 37 year old Matt Ryan, um, helming an offense, uh, led by an all world running back, a good defense and a very good number one receiver, but not much else. And so the candid question for you cats is what kind of Matt Ryan do you see compared to what we've seen from, you know, Philip Rivers and Carson Wentz the past two seasons in India is, is Ryan an upgrade for Pittman? Uh, or is it neutral, or do you see this as worse than it appears? Matt Ryan makes this seven consecutive years where the Colts have had a different week one starting quarterback. Now, two of those were Andrew Luck, <laughs> but they were not back-to-back -back years. It went Andrew Luck, this is from 2016 on, Andrew Luck, Scott Tolzien, Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, and then this is when they started going for the, the old veteran guy, or in this case, a, a young veteran guy who's not the best, and they went Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and Matt Ryan. I don't think Matt Ryan could be any worse than Carson Wentz was last year. They they signed they signed these guys as they're they're placeholders. These are quarterbacks that are good enough to get right. this team into the playoffs and compete. And when you get in, you know maybe you can win. I, I don't think anyone is is penciling in the Colts as Super Bowl favorites with Matt Ryan. They weren't with Carson Wentz or Philip Rivers, but they can be competitive. I think this is actually a really good move for for all parties involved. Matt Ryan has a history of producing an excellent wide receiver one. He did it with Roddy White, he did it with Julio Jones, and he did it with Calvin Ridley. So I'm cautiously optimistic for what he can do with Michael Pittman. And I, I really I really think this is a good fit in terms of skill sets and what and what both them do well. So I, I I like I like this move for Pittman. I like this move for Ryan, but they, they do they do need to get him another receiver. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. 
Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Yeah, that other receiver is the key. And I wonder, um, uh, you know, he's going to a better situation, obviously, than he had in Atlanta, which is a team that, aside from Kyle Pitts, the offense is is, is going to be treading water, and that's uh, uh, putting it the most positive way I can. Um uh, basically if, if Matt Ryan is hoping that T.Y. Hilton revives, it's quite possible. Reggie Wayne, the new uh, receivers coach, uh, I'd like to see as a T.Y. Hilton fan, you know, Hilton, uh, uh, stay healthy and stay engaged as a number two. We, we talked right before the show, Zach Pascal, um, has now signed with the Eagles. So the, uh, depth of the Colts receiving core has shrunk even more. Um, Pittman becomes kind of this outsized talent. Uh, he could be a 1200 yard guy easily, uh, this season. Um, and, uh, uh, but it's hard to know who the number two is. And, and you always want, when you're doing a fantasy draft, you want to look at those number two receivers on teams. Cause a lot of times those number two receivers, um, step up as co-number ones, or they step up as very strong number twos. Very strong number two might be, you know, 900 yards, seven touchdowns, which is something that a lot of people would take as a streamer. Um, and, you know, by the eighth, ninth round of drafts, you're hunting for those number twos. And uh, the Colts clearly have a gap there. Um, would you put Matt Ryan uh, right now as a top 18 quarterback? Uh, or do you feel like uh, at this point people should just forget about him in drafts? I don't want to say forget about him completely. I know we talked about this on a previous podcast, and I kind of stand by that even on his new team, is he's the type of guy that will not go drafted in your standard-sized redraft league. But at some point during the season, he'll have a three-touchdown game, and he'll get picked up, and maybe there might be something there. Carson Wentz, Averaged 15.4 fantasy points per game last season uh, using averages based on minimum of eight games played. That puts him at about QB 17. I think that's about where Matt Ryan will be because the issue is is less. And I'm not saying that I think Wentz is better than Ryan. It's, it's more of just this is how the Colts want to run their offense. And this is still a team with an elite offensive line with the best running back in football and with a, with a good enough defense. This is a team that can compete for a division title and make the playoffs much like they did last year, minus still making the playoffs part. And and with, with Matt Ryan, they're not going to change their offense. I think we may see a less prolific Matt Ryan, a one that throws less than he's used to, because that's just mm-hmm. how people want to run their offense. Yeah, that's a good point. The, the Falcons historically have been pretty high up there, from what I recall, in terms of uh, number of pass attempts uh, uh, per game. Um, I think they're usually near the upper third uh, and sometimes very high. Um, and I'm interested also in seeing kind of what kind of, uh, to your point in terms of the kind of offense that he's going into, if the Colts are protecting leads a lot more than the Falcons did, uh, this season, uh, what impact that has on my, on Matt Ryan. If you, if you have a fantasy quarterback who only plays, uh, heavy for three quarters, and then it's a little more conservative offense in the fourth, um, unless you're Tom Brady and you're running up the score. Um, you know, there's so situations where if a team's up by, you know, 16, 20 points going into the fourth quarter, 
Uh, they've given it more to their running game. They're playing it more conservatively. That's bad for fantasy managers. And in fact, we saw last year Carson Wentz threw even more in the fourth quarter for the Colts than he did in the third. Uh, but his QB rating went down every quarter. His best quarter was his first quarter. And then it dropped every single quarter. And I wonder if we're going to see with Matt Ryan uh, any kind of uh, shift. Uh, if Matt Ryan is indeed more talented than Carson Wentz, are we going to see more volume out of Matt Ryan uh, than we did out of Wentz later in games? Is that going to be necessary? Will Jonathan Taylor hold up for a full season? Of course, we don't know that. It's, you know, the assumption is, of course, he's young, he's healthy. But Matt Ryan, to your point, when he was with the Falcons, um, he needed to throw a lot uh, to keep pace. And in this uh, uh, system, uh, it's quite possible that they're not going to ask Matt Ryan to do as much. And that creates some risk. So from a, if you're in a dynasty league and you have Matt Ryan, um, there's good reason to believe that, yeah, he could be better, um, but he could also throw less, which if you're a fantasy manager means that he could be worse because he might not get the volume that you're accustomed to. Um, I would put him in the top 20. I, I think that's safe. And I would feel much better about that knowing that the Colts get somebody um uh in the draft uh they have one of the best draft capitals i believe this this uh, uh year of any nfl team that if they get that next great receiver to pair with michael pittman now you're talking about the kind of offense where ryan can really do what he does best um, as opposed to just uh trying to manage a game which we really really have not seen much of uh, over the course of his career um uh cats a uh, shift to marcus mariota um, uh, you shared some news with me right as we were about to press record. Uh, why don't you talk about it and, uh, and what it means? I mean, literally seconds before we were ready to start this podcast, news broke that the Falcons signed Marcus Mariota. I think we can safely assume that he will start week one, given that the backup is currently Felipe Franks and maybe they re-signed Josh Rosen. I, I don't know. I think they'll get, I think they're going to sign another quarterback to be a backup or, or pay, maybe draft somebody on day two or day three just as a project. Yeah. But I, I'm very confident that Mariota is going to start for this team. Now, what does that mean for fantasy? Well, we have to go back a ways for Marcus Mariota to be as an effective fantasy quarterback. I, I'm Again, this happened just before uh, he, we started, so I don't have these stats in front of me. But there was a run either in, I think, 2016 or 2017 where Marcus Mariota spent about eight weeks as the overall QB1 in fantasy. Yeah, and I think it was 2016. I think it was his second year. It, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, tr I'm trying to get here because I really want to just hone in on how good he was in that particular <laughs> season. And yeah, you are correct. It was it was 2016. Over the second half of the season, uh, actually, it was from we. It was starting in week five. QB one, QB three, QB 11, 13, 1, 2, 7, 10. It's just a phenomenal stretch for Mariota, and it just. It's, it goes to show that there is fantasy upside there. Now, again, he is he's 28 years old now. He hasn't started a game since 2019, so it's it's been a while. He lost his job to Ryan Tannehill, backed up Derek Carr for two years. I do think he deserves a second chance, the same way Jameis Winston does. I know that they were 1-2 in that 2015 draft class, and now they're kind of in the right. same boat where they served as backups for a little bit. Now they're trying to rebuild their careers. I think they both deserve it. Jameis got his chance first. Now it's Mariota's turn. And I really think that he has a chance to, to stake claim to the Falcons starting quarterback job going forward where they won't have to draft the guy next year because they, they know it's Marcus Mariota. And that, of course, depends on how well he plays this season. And I, I, 
I want to root for him, but they have a serious problem at wide receiver. Kyle Pitts is technically a tight yeah. end. If even if we view him as the wide receiver one, I mean, behind him, there's there's just nothing. I I, I don't I don't know what their plan is. Yeah. Calvin Ridley suspended for the year. They lost Russell Gage. Right now they're looking at Olamide Zacchaeus as their wide receiver one, and Tajay Sharp as their wide receiver right. two. It can't happen. It just can't happen. I know you mentioned their draft capital. They've got the eighth overall pick, the forty third overall pick, fifty eighth overall pick. One of those picks, if not two of them, have to be a wide receiver. Yeah. I think they'll go too, and and I don't say that from any uh, knowledge. I've not talked to uh, uh, any Falcons players or management to find out what they plan to do, but it would stand a reason that if you want to rebuild, I mean, there's a lot of ways to rebuild, but the the challenge is, I don't. It doesn't seem like any free agent receivers want to go there. Um, a free agent receiver wants to go to a team where there is a quarterback. Um, where the quarterback can help elevate that receiver and make them look good. Um, it, uh, you know, <laughs> right now receivers do not want to go to Atlanta. So if they want to build around a great team, they almost, a lot of times you do it with the, you know, you start with the offensive line, you get a good quarterback, you protect the quarterback, you let the quarterback, you know, uh, uh, develop, um, you know, without getting hit too much, the old uh, David Carr, you know, uh, scenario back in Houston about 20 years ago, where his career ended prematurely because just there was no protection. And you protect the quarterback and then you build out, you know, your running back, your receiver. I mean, there's different ways to approach it. But right now, I think the best approach for the Falcons is get your receivers of the future. Um, ha- make sure that you have them and Pitts for the next three plus years combined. And then you either attract a quarterback that's appeal, you know, that, that you know, free, you know, next, in free agency next year, or you draft your quarterback of the future, if you can, on day two in the same draft, and you hope it works out, and you give Mariota a chance. Um, but, you know, I, I don't give Mariota much of a chance, I'll be honest with you. I think that um, he had a pretty good team around him in Tennessee, and he flashed, and he brings certain skill sets. I think he's a somewhere between, uh, you know, a Jared Goff and a, and uh, a Baker Mayfield um, in terms of his talent level. I think he's, you know, maybe somewhere around a Taysom Hill with a better arm, um, uh, but not necessarily uh, the kind of quarterback that you can build a long-term plan around. I think he is trying to revitalize his career. Um, it makes sense and, and show that he's deserving of a start. But the problem for someone like Mariota is he doesn't have a lot of options. So he's going to a team where it's going to be very hard for him to succeed. Um, and uh, especially if you compare him to what Matt Ryan did last year, Mariota pretty much has to do as well or better um, to be seen as a franchise elevating quarterback. And that's going to be hard to do in that situation. So I, I, I'm I'm fading him pretty hard. I think there's a very good chance that Mariota, Mariota doesn't start more than 10 games. We're going to find out based on who the Falcons draft. Uh, but I think the Falcons see Mariota as let's give him a shot to see if he's the guy we thought we all thought he would be seven years ago. Uh, and if he isn't, we'll pivot. Um, any final words on that cat? And I, I agree on your assessment. I think the Mariota is in a tough situation in terms of the talent around him and whether he's, whether he uh, is likely to start a full season will depend heavily on what the Falcons do in the draft. If they don't draft the quarterback, one of these top four or five guys that we view as potential long-term starters in the NFL, then we can be confident Mariota will start the entire season. But if they take anyone in the, in the, in the first round or even in the second round, 
at their at their first pick, uh, then there's there's always going to be that chance that they just they, they they're going to lose games. We know they're going to lose games yeah. regardless of how well Mariota plays. And if, if that happens, it doesn't matter. They'll they'll put it they'll put in the rookie because because why not? That's, that's, right. that's the year. If they start off three and six, you know what's the incentive at that point of keeping Mariota uh, in there? It's it's you know it's uh, same thing with the Bears and Justin Fields. You know it's the same thing we've seen time and again with other teams. At, at a certain point, you say there's no longer a benefit uh, to keeping our quarterback of the future or possible quarterback of the future uh, benched, and it's too bad for Mariota. Again, he I, in a in a great system, he could be a very good quarterback. I think if if he had stayed in uh, in Vegas, if Derek Carr had gotten hurt, uh, Mariota would have uh, arguably the best offense he would ever have uh, to throw to, and he could look like a starting quarterback as a backup. Instead, he's going to be a starter uh, in a role where uh, a, probably a backup can't do much worse, and that's a tough situation for a quarterback, and it's also a tough situation in fantasy if you're relying on someone to get the ball to Pitts and to Cordero Patterson and hope that they do their magic. That's, uh, that's asking a lot. Any final thoughts before we break cats? My fear with Mariota for fantasy would be something like where there were times last season when we thought Tyrod Taylor would be a viable streamer. And then there's just not enough around him. (laughs) After two weeks. Yeah. to, To make it. Now I do think Mariota is significantly better than Tyrod Taylor, but at the same time, if if there's just if there are no playmakers around him, I know he has Cordero Patterson, I know he has Kyle Pitts, but you need more than that. And if he doesn't get any help, then this team isn't going to score points. And if he's not scoring points, I know that the rushing will give him a floor. But even if he gives us thirty or forty rushing yards, if he's only scoring one touchdown, what does that really do for us? So uh, yeah. I need to see what the Falcons do in the draft, what they do the rest of free agency, if they sign another receiver, if they draft one, if what they do at quarterback. But I, I want to say I'm cautiously optimistic on Mariota from a real life perspective, but from from a fantasy perspective, uh, it's 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 going to be tough. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I would love to see Jarvis Landry go there. I don't know that Jarvis Landry would go there, but I would love to see Landry uh, be a number one receiver at least one more season. I think he's only 29, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I mean, he he uh, he could be an you know a 90 catch guy uh, in that offense, uh, which is what he does best. Um, and so, uh, you know, we'll hold out hope that, that Mariota can get somebody, you know, a veteran presence in there who can catch balls, uh, to help out besides Pitts. Um, again, on behalf of Jason Katz, better known as Katz, I'm BJ Rudell, Pro Football Network. It's been a pleasure being with you today. Uh, find us profootballnetwork.com. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow.